Hello friends and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss and discover mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s. And today we're taking a journey to November of 1966 with Paul Revere and the Raiders and their classic album The Spirit of 67. Now this was the last album released by the group with the original lineup, and while there were some changes happening just around its time, this would be completely turned on its head by the time of the next LP, Revolution, which was more of a Wrecking Crew and Mark Lindsay, well, and obviously Terry Melcher, built up album rather than this one, which has much more of a basis in the group dynamic. Now this album would feature very prominently in the Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and this was really my introduction to the group. In the UK they are relatively unknown compared with their large success in the 60s over in the US and while their albums are pretty easy to find over there they're harder to pick up here and I've been pretty lucky with the ones I've been able to get. And this album is certainly one of my favourites, although of the main Melcher trilogy, I reckon I prefer the other two more than this one, though that's a story for another day. As it stands, the mono and stereo mixes today are going to be coming from the Now Sound CD reissue, which represents the original mono and stereo mixes of the albums, although the stereo I would believe is taken from the Sunday's mastering. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. However, what I did notice when listening to the CD was that it uses the mono single mix of The Great Airplane Strike for the LP version and then just replicates that in a different mastering and tape transfer strangely for the single mix later on. They appear to be identical throughout except something that we'll get to far later on but overall the only difference is a fade and as a result it's not too much for a loss but we'll be using a needle drop of course for the LP version just to make sure that is correct. But with that out of the way, let's dive straight in with opening track and huge hit single, Good Thing. Now, a number of tracks on this album are quite close overall between their mono and stereo mixes, though we do get some interesting differences that do really stand out. And here we get one of my favourite little funny ones. At about 2 minutes 16 in the track, there is a sound of, I suppose, a string sounding off over in the right-hand channel, which has been muted in the mix in mono. I quite like the effect this gives, but it's obviously incorrect, and therefore the mono has, of course, been corrected. Let's hear it first in stereo with the sound off in the right channel, and then again in mono with this absent. <laughs> Again, in mono. Of course, we can't go past this track without really taking a look at the overall mix difference. The stereo from much of this album does benefit from a greater increase in clarity, but the mono, as always, has a little bit more of a cohesive sound to it, though very much the stereo does have a lot of benefits over the mono, outside of some sloppy things including said string sounding off. Let's start with the mono and move into the stereo. Seems this world Look at me, 
is mixed slightly different between the two. In mono, this gets a little more cut off right at the end, while in stereo, it gets a slightly more natural decay with the full drum thump right at the tail and just a hair more decay for a more natural sound. I appreciate the mono is more concise for maybe a hit single style, and for that I can appreciate it, but the stereo is certainly more natural. Let's hear the short one in mono first. Let's hear the full thing in stereo first, and then the shortened version in mono. And again, in mono. Moving on to track two, the slightly more downbeat and dour All About Her has the stereo vocal a hair louder when compared with the mono. Let's start with the mono mix here and move into the more open and slightly louder vocal of the stereo. When she left, she took my soul cause she's that kind. And the wound grows deeper with the passing time. Into stereo. They say I'll soon forget her. Out of sight, then out of mind. Like an empty, silent bell. I'm a hollow, empty shell. Without a mind. At the very end of the track, the final decay is much longer in stereo, and Mark's very breathy vocal has an audible gasp underneath this, which is either muted or just buried in the mono mix. Let's hear that tail first in the longer and more gasp-heavy stereo, and then again in mono, where it fades out and is gasp-free. For a time And again in mono. For a time. Our next track in my community, the first with a lead vocal by Philip Volk on the album, has a very brief difference right at the start. There's an extra brief plink before the first note in mono, while in stereo it fades out just kind of as the actual note starts at the start of the track. Let's hear that note first in mono and then again in the shortened stereo. And again in stereo. In stereo, the drums and the electric guitar over in the right hand channel certainly stand out more than they do in mono, though this could of course be due to the increased clarity on the mix compared with the relatively muddy sounding mono. Let's hear that in mono and then move into the stereo where they really open up. Now things get a bit energetic in the bridge and in mono there's some extra backing vocals here to really build up the tension. However, in stereo these seem to have been mixed out for whatever reason. Maybe they were done on the final mix down, who knows. Either way, let's hear it first in mono with the backing vocals and then again in stereo where they are completely absent. There's no room for people, a little 
again in stereo. There's no room for people, little people with nowhere minds. People who don't believe in love and the simple little kicks in life. And once again, the very end of the track has a little extra decay in stereo. Let's start with the mono and move to the stereo. Stereo. The next track is the Garage Rocking Louise, and this track is wonderful and is very close between its mixes. There's a very definite and very precise echo on most of the track and especially the vocals, which is obviously baked in as it's identical between the mixes, but the stereo is very guilty of having a very wide mix with the lead vocals panned off to the left-hand side and the backing slash chorus vocals panned off to the right with the backing tracks split between these two. It could be that due to the very identical mix that it was mixed to stereo and mono exactly at the same time and as a result was mixed in a way that was mono compatible when you fold the stereo down. Either way, the mono is far more satisfying, so let's start with it and then move into the stereo. Into stereo. My next difference on this track does dispute my mono-compatible comments, though of course it does mean it's compatible, it just doesn't mean that the mono is a fold-down, and that is the stereo has a noticeably longer fade. Let's start with the mono and move to the stereo. Philip Falk returns, asking that classic question, why, 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 in brackets, is it so hard? Now, this has an extra breath just before the first line at the start of the track in mono. This could just be cut off in the stereo remaster, and unfortunately I don't have a original LP stereo copy to hand compare, but it wouldn't shock me if this is a source thing that is missing. Let's hear that with the breath first in mono, and then again cutting into that first line in stereo. Once I stood close and again in stereo. Once I stood close to a girl that now an interesting difference is that the vocal appears to have some added ambience in mono while being bone dry in stereo, but this could be due to the EQ difference on the overall track, and as a result it brings it out far more in mono, with the stereo's cleaner sound making it sound more natural and in your face if you like. Let's hear it first in mono and then move into the drier stereo. Hurting a girl that has loved me so true beside me in sorrow and in 
into stereo. My life has changed, I'm no good for that girl. I'll leave or I'll soon have a son. Sorry, young girl, I must go. And at the end, we get a much longer fade in stereo. Let's start with the mono and move to the stereo. Our closing track on side one, Oh, To Be A Man, is very, very much the same between the two mixes, with the vocal sitting in the exact same space between the two. But when one compares the backing track, the stereo definitely stands out far more than the mono does, likely due again to the separation and clarity afforded by the mix. Let's start with the mono and open out into the stereo. I have heard Places set from knife edged grown up faces into stereo. We own your body, eight to five, boy. Do not be late to arrive, boy. At the very end of the tale, the mono fades as one might expect it to do, while in stereo it has no fade and ends with a natural decay, although the mono does still have the very end. It's a slightly strange difference, I suppose. But let's hear it first in stereo where it's natural, and then again in mono where it fades down at the end. And again, in mono. We flip the record over now to the classic and original hit single from this album, The Great Hungry. An interesting fact before we move into the track is that this was included on the UK version of the Midnight Ride album, demonstrating exactly how early this single came out compared with the Spirit of 67 LP itself. And one might argue it fits in more there, but I love it opening side two here. It's a real killer side opener, of course. And owing to that is the punch right at the start, which is far more prevalent in mono than in stereo. Let's hear the start of the track first in mono and then again in the slightly limper stereo. And again in stereo. Throughout the track, the vocal seems to stand out more in the stereo mix, again potentially due to the EQ but likely due to the separation but potentially just being mixed a little higher. Let's start with the mono and move to the slightly louder vocal stereo. Well, now you wanna know what moves my soul. 
hysteria. Got this need I just can't control and it's a driving me insane. You may have noticed it in that section and you may not, but in stereo there appears to be a little extra echo on the drums and this is particularly noticeable during the bridge. Let's hear that first in mono and then again in stereo with that little extra echo dusting to boot. Into stereo. With a special place up high, you can stay alone. You and me. Girl, I'm gonna have you And at the end, we get a longer fade, this time in mono. Let's start, of course, with the stereo. Hungry for that sweet life, baby, with a real fine girl like you. Mono. We move now to Eleanor, I mean Undecided Man, which is a string-based and lead vocal-only track, which I do thoroughly enjoy, and maybe my stumble earlier, shall we say, will allude to the inspiration behind it. Overall, because of the nature of the recording, they're very close between the mixes, but the stereo has the advantage of the strings being in a natural stereo. But the vocal appears to be panned about left, I don't know, 60, I suppose, for no real reason. When the filtered vocal comes in halfway through, it appears to be in a slightly different position, but not completely, which makes it a slightly confusing experience. The strings may also be slightly artificially stereoed, mainly with some echo and reverb, but only on certain bits, it's hard to tell overall. But overall, it's certainly a bit more satisfying in stereo to a degree, but I do enjoy both mixes. Let's start with the mono and move into the stereo. I've been thinking 22 years all about it. And let's hear the very end with that final bass bow being much louder comparatively in mono. First in stereo and then again in mono. Look at them, look at you, look at me. And again in mono. Look at them, look at you, look at me. Smitty gets his lead vocal on the album now on Our Candidate, and this silly little track has a splashy sound that I think is on the drums, much lower in the stereo mix when compared with the mono, though again, this could be due to the EQ and separation. On top of this, the vocal appears to be a hair wetter in mono. Let's start with the mono and move into the stereo where the splashy drops down and the vocal dries up. There was a mystery salesman, the motorcycle rider, a candidate and doctor, no. Stereo. 
here's quite an entertaining one. The mono has a early fade, while the stereo carries on for much longer, and then just ends, I guess, at the end of the take, where things kind of just stop. Clearly this track was meant to fade, and for some reason this wasn't done on the stereo mix. Let's start with the mono and move to the stereo for that lengthy and rather abrupt ending. No, 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 to doctor, no, 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 no. Stereo. The psychedelic tinge hits this album hard on a thousand and one Arabian Nights, where Terry Melcher's falsetto really stands out as an overall treat in the mix. Now here, the Arabian-styled vocal breaks have extra reverb in mono, with some echo on the vocal repeats just before the start. Let's hear an example of that, first in stereo where this remains bone dry throughout, and then again in mono where that echo starts just before the Arabian vocals do, and then obviously is very prevalent on said vocals. To the girl that nobody knows, no. And again, in mono. And here, the stereo again has a much longer ending, with the cymbal crashes over in the right-hand channel cutting out as they appear to be a bit of a loop, and then the left channel just kind of fades out. The mono, of course, fades out while things are still going as they should be and makes a lot more sense. Let's start, of course, with the mono. Stereo. At the start of this episode, I of course spoke about the Great Airplane Strike and this wonderful, wonderful Stones 
pop-style track appears here at the end of the album to close us out. Now, the biggest difference right at the beginning is that when the stereo mix is done, the sound effect that is clearly a plane of some sort at the beginning of the mono mix has been re... I guess brought out of the tape library and for some reason they've used a completely different one which sounds more like one might think it's an engine starting but it just, just sounds like an explosion it's a completely different effect and for that reason it's a huge difference this leads us into our second difference and that is that in mono the guitar just cuts in during the opening sound effect while in stereo it fades up Let's play that whole thing in mono first and then again in stereo for the LP mix. And again in stereo. As we look at the main body of the track, the stereo has far more clarity when one compares it with the mono. Let's just get a feel for the whole thing of the track with this and start with the mono and open up into the stereo. Now for the fade outs, the stereo has a longer fade out than the mono LP version, though the mono single version has a slightly different ending. Let's hear those fades first before we move into the single version, shall we? Starting of course with the mono. Stereo. And you might say, oh, that mono one was particularly quick when compared with the more satisfying stereo. Well, when one looks at the single version, which feels maybe a bit abrupt to end as an album, and I see why they faded it out before it happened on the LP, it has a tape slowing down effect, which was achieved simply by turning off the tape machine. Just a fun little thing that Mark and Terry thought would be an interesting way to end out the single. That's, of course... Hear that. And as that track sputters out to an end there, we finished our look at The Spirit of 67, this wonderful album by Paul Revere and the Raiders. With its striking red cover and very informative back cover, this is a classic American album for me and really shows that American side of the pop rock movement at the time with a bit of everything really. It's got the pop, it's got the garage rock, it's got the psych, 
it's got the folk I suppose it really is everything and exploring the two differences was a very interesting experience the stereo is certainly a more hi-fi mix but there's a lot of sloppy fades and some mixing decisions that seem to represent that the mono was a far more focused effort even if it wasn't one that came out so clearly shall we say as a result, I'd say both mixes are kind of essential, which is why the Now Sounds CD on Cherry Red Records is certainly a great pick, though obviously LP copies are really where it's at. And thankfully, due to the period of time in which this came out, both mono and stereo copies will be very easy to find over in the States. With that said though, I want to say of course a huge thank you to all my listeners and especially those over on the Patreon who help support the show and keep me going. You can of course sign up over on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash back to mono and this Sunday I'll be putting out another episode of Mixology on 45, this time looking at Eleanor and Surfer Dan by the Turtles coming from their LP The Battle of the Bands which was only released in stereo but a number of the singles were mixed in mono which leaves some nice, nice differences especially on that A side. Outside of that though, you can get in contact with me at backtomonoradio at gmail.com. You can find that along with a link to the Patreon down in the show notes. And of course, there's a Facebook group down there for you to join and a link to sister show Back to Mono, which is now back over on Mixcloud due to some slight issues, shall we say. But there's some great content going up on there as well, so be sure to check that out. But with that said, of course, thank you so, so much for listening. And remember... Whoever you are and wherever you are, have a great, great day. Yeah.